Ayo, bad boys. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today's episode takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We're going to be discussing everybody's favorite franchise, Star Wars. We're going to be talking movies, comics, and video games, so be sure to be here when the Sith hits the fan. Hey As always, we're your hosts, Joe. This is Colin. And this is Mike. And today we have a very special guest, our friend, Jacob. Hello. There he is. Thanks there for having is. me. Thanks for being here, Jacob. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We oh, appreciate having you. It's a historic day because you are the first ever very special guest on Normies Like Us podcast. Woo! Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor to Happy be here. to have you. And we know you're a big Star Wars fan, so we're excited to have you on this episode. That's right. I am. A big, pretty big Star Wars fan, yeah, I would say. Grew up with it all your life? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a kid, I was uh, very into it, and uh, yeah. This is a question we hit last week. Were you one of the kids who went to the re-release in theaters? Uh, I don't think I ever saw the original trilogy in theaters, but basically I had VHSs of them, and I would just like watch them at home. And you remember time, that so. Phantom Menace? You remember hitting that guy? Oh, episode yeah. One? Phantom Menace is like one of the first movie go like movie theater experiences that i can actually remember so oh my god yeah star wars has always been there same for me yeah vhs my dad recorded off the movie channel you know we watched uh new hope and that was it you know wooden box tv wood frame you know old oh school. my god right. hilarious put it on a loop you know kept watching it over and over again but vhs and then i saw new hope in the re-release yeah i mean they were the ones you watched countless times just over and over again kept them playing in the background yeah and that's why we feel so attached to the this franchise and why it's so that's why we're here to talk about it you know, it's today. been there it's been on every platform all right guys but let's jump in let's hit it first let's talk about the movies All right, guys, we're talking Star Wars movies. First, obviously, we got to talk tops and bottoms. What's your favorite movie? What's your least favorite right. movie? Tops and bottoms. Huh. Uh, my, my favorite Star Wars movie would have to be Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you know, pretty popular choice for most Classic, people, I'd say. easy yeah. choice, maybe. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, for least favorite, I would put, uh, what is it called? Revenge... Revenge of the Sith? Episode wow, 3, awesome. Revenge yeah. of the Sith. He's struggling that's to surprising. find the name of wow. it, folks. That's how much he doesn't care about it. Yeah. yeah uh, bottom of the barrel. For what's yeah, killing it for you? What's killing prequel it? prequel that I really like is Phantom Menace, to be honest. Wow. Episode 1, you're a pod racer? Episode 1, you like more than Revenge of the Sith? Uh, yes. Or Attack of the Clones, I actually... I like Revenge of the Sith more than Attack of the Clones, so I would put Attack of the Clones worse. Yeah, see, that's Ooh. where I line up there. Mm, yeah. A lot of people feel that way, yeah. it seems like. Colin? Um, you know, I'll go ahead. I think we talked about this last time. I said Return of the Jedi, definitely my favorite. Oh, interesting. Last Jedi, getting pretty close up there. Those two Jedis are, are pretty neck and neck. So I'm like you, Jacob. Wow. I'm kind of a fan of those sequels. Uh, worst, I'll probably say Attack of the Clones. I know that's the easy answer. I feel bad about it. I feel eyes on me right now. But look, guys, 
The fact of the matter is, CGI Yoda, uh, you got Anakin whining the most. He's not a master yet. I know he's never a master, or never a master. He's only allowed to sit on the console. Don't come after me, folks. Yeah. But look, he's just at his whiniest. Yeah, I mean, Attack of the Clones makes a lot of promises that as kids we were excited about. The Clone Wars. Yeah, it doesn't deliver on. Like, think about Jango Fett and the build-up to the father of, uh, you know, the fan-favorite villain or bounty hunter, Boba Fett. Uh, And he's in there for what, like 30 seconds? Makes a couple jokes, gets his head cut off. Terrible. Yeah, it's kind of like a wasted opportunity. Uh, like you said, the Yoda CGI moment. Ooh. Everyone was so excited to see him with a lightsaber. And then as soon as we got it, it was like, uh, maybe we didn't really want that. Yeah, I mean, like with Yoda with a lightsaber, you don't want him jumping around doing backflips. If anything, he should have just floated and the lightsaber flipped around him. <laughs> that would have been That's much well, how you do it. Yeah, when yeah, I was a yeah, kid, yeah. I thought... Yoda lightsaber fighting was really cool, but now In that hindsight. I'm not a kid, it seems really lame. So, right. yeah. And it makes sense to everybody that he would have a smaller lightsaber? I guess. I mean, you, if it was <laughs> too not long, laughable. it'd be dragging on the floor. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. But if you compare, like, the lightsaber fights of the original series to a lot of the ones in the prequels, it's like George Lucas didn't understand what made lightsaber fighting great in the originals, and he just tried to be flashy with, like, Yoda doing flips and everything, and it just didn't work as well. A, the, a samurai, you know, two samurai kind of going at it. Very gentle. Yeah. Fencing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A gentleman's duel. That's right. Yeah. Joe? All right, so, so tops and bottoms. Mike, where, where do you fall there? Oh, uh, well, my favorite is Empire Strikes Back. Most people of our generation maybe say that. My least favorite is Phantom Menace. Uh, I think it's bottoms, bottom of the bottom. Gun- Even with that duel of the fates? Duel of the Fates, I, I believe there's two watchable scenes in that movie. One of them is Duel of the Fates. The other one is pod racing. And yes. as I get older, Ooh. I get more worn out by the pod racing. Pod so. racing is great. How? Worn out? How, Mike? <sighs> Just, it's a big CG set piece. It doesn't do much to move the story. Oh, really? come on. Like, we get Tusken Raiders. I just got to win some money. Like, I get it. Yeah, but um, Jabba. Ooh. Don't you love I Jabba love the Hutt? I love Jabba, Hutt? right. Don't you watch Star Wars for Jabba the Hutt cameos? Yeah, that's, I paid to see Jabba. But they did get to the pod, ras- pod racing 64 video game. That's cool. But yeah, Phantom Menace, Duel of Fates is the only watchable yeah. scene to me, really. I would say most of my good feelings about the Phantom Menace come from nostalgia. So I just have like really nostalgic relationship with Phantom Menace that I don't have with like Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. So I like it the most out of the prequels. It's the first time it came back. Yeah. We watched my VHS. You didn't see the re-releases in theaters. Your first time to see it in a theater was Phantom Menace. That's going to make a big impression. A lot of people bring up with Harry Potter growing up the same age as Harry. Uh, Can I ask, were, were we all pretty close? I know I had a little brother and a little sister who were pretty close to Anakin's age. So yeah, maybe that was my connection there. Yeah. I mean, I was 11 when, uh, Phantom Menace came out, I believe. So wow, we were close to Phantom Menace, uh, Anakin, and then there's the jump in time, and all of a sudden we're watching like a late teenager, Aiden Christian Anakin, yeah, Yeah. Uh, and we're still kids, so that was a little different. Um, I got to say though, we're neglecting one of the best characters in Star Wars who only appears in Episode One. Oh, we're talking Watto, Qui Gon Jinn. Oh, Qui Gon Jinn, Joe, perfect point. Yeah, one of my favorite Jedi characters. Uh, it was, you know, kind of like the bad boy of the council. He does what he wants. True. And, Liam Neeson um, comes in, kills it in one movie. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And Obi-Wan didn't get a lot to do in that movie. Um, so that's, yeah, really Qui-Gon. But then after uh, Phantom Menace, you know, Obi-Wan kind of took over the Qui-Gon role and he got to do more. So for, 
I do like that part because I do like Obi-Wan as a character in the second Bad and third. Badass Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel like he didn't get enough to do in the first movie. So, Well, he's a Padawan in the first one, right? right. He's just kind he's of a, a shame. Yeah. He's not even a knight yet. And then we jump to him as a master. Beard boy. Yeah. But Duel of the Fates. Great scene. Great Perfect scene. scene. Is that the best lightsaber fight in the series? I mean, maybe. All right. Well, we've talked tops All and bottoms right. of the movies. Yeah. What about tops and bottoms of Ooh, lightsaber I fights know. here? I would, go, I, guess. I would go top there, guys. Absolutely. Uh, name a better lightsaber it's duel. pretty iconic. They're getting... I think they're going to try to get really close in number nine. Like, you had Rey and Kylo fighting together in Last Rey Jedi. That was Kylo pretty fucking cool. Last Jedi, so fucking cool taking out the Imperial Guards. That was a good scene. It was a little short, though, to be... For me to put it like the best lightsaber fight ever, it's it's a little too short for me. Yeah, it's also not technically a lightsaber fight. I mean, it's, it's two, two lightsabers with lightsabers fighting other people. Other That's guards. True. Great, but point, you really John. don't get that that blade on blade, you know, and ultimate just, fight. Yeah, uh, Darth Maul as a character is just super cool. Even though he didn't get very much character development at all, but he barely got any lines. But just the just his look and like the menace of his look, and then his lightsaber with the double. The dual lightsaber, so you know, cool. so cool. Yeah. Like, Which was the first time we saw anything like that. Any I mean, variation. Kids are, you know, revealing the idea of yeah. a double-sided lightsaber. Can we jump down this rabbit hole real quick, talking about yeah. the sequels? Ray, should she have a double-sided lightsaber? A lot of people think she should. She uses that long pole. Oh, true. She's mm. all about the, the, the bow staff. In The Last Jedi, she lost her lightsaber, Luke's lightsaber, split in half in that dramatic climaxing scene. So what do we think? Double-sided for Ray? I think so. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I would say definitely double-sided. Um, I'll go further. Color. Ooh, you got a color. Yeah, mm. for color, I'm looking for either a white or a yellow. Uh, wow. Not one of the traditional yeah. blue or green or even purple, because I think we're moving away from kind of traditional Jedi versus You want Ray to stand roles. out. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about the gray Jedi and uh, Ray kind of being a new class, you know, one of these not really sticking the to the rules of the, the old Jedi Order, because that's all, you know, like Kylo says, let the past die. Yeah. If the Force just exists in the universe, Jedi is just a philosophy, right? Right. It can't so be all good, all bad. She's just this kind of new age Force user, you know. We have, you know, I'm Sith and Jedi, you know. It's like Pan, <laughs> I'm Pam Pan Force user now. And Kylo Ren, he's not all bad either, so he, you know, he has good qualities about Look. it too. I'm fluid Jedi. Everybody knows. Jedi that. fluid, dude. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think double-sided makes sense, and I want to see her build it. I want to see her. Love that detail, too. Yeah. Yeah, we've always skipped that section and just gone right to, oh, there it is, the first reveal. Yeah, Return nice of the Jedi actually Luke go through green the lightsaber. And her choose, like, I'm going to make this, like, a double-sided, like, that's more to my taste. Like, you know, like, have her actually show that process. You know, we could even see her repurpose her staff as the uh, the hilt. That she had for her life, you know, back on Jakku. That's great. Now, that's a damn interesting idea, Joe. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So, I guess jump back tops and bottoms. We have a top and bottom characters. Favorite character and least favorite character. Jacob? Joe, did you do your top oh. and bottom? Oh, yeah, we get you. I didn't. Uh, mine's pretty simple, though. We've gone through it a handful of times here. Doesn't get better than Empire Strikes Back. I'm a huge Han Solo fan. It's a great movie for mm -hmm. him. And that fight, I would argue, is one of the best uh, lightsaber fights at the end where you have Vader versus Luke right. on Cloud City. Yeah. You know, he's reveal. really like going up against the, the old man in basketball one-on-one -on -one for the first wow, time. Wow, love that. God, I thought you were going to say Han shooting Vader. Which is also a great moment. I mean, uh, that, that's full. You know, I love you, I know. Full of iconic moments wow. we've all loved. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's not uh, the good guys win at the end. It's not so cut and dry. 
You know, it ends you uh, on a somber note. And then the worst, I would have to say, is Attack of the Clones. Ouch. Again, I feel like it just had a bunch of promises that it didn't deliver on. The only reason Attack of the Clones maybe doesn't fall to the bottom for me is it has Obi-Wan. Hello there. Like, he saved the prequels to me. The Obi-Wan, that is the prequels. That's why I will watch them is for Obi-Wan. But yeah. Can we point out, though, all of our bottoms were a prequel? Jacob 3, uh, Us 2, Mike, and, or I'm sorry, uh, two Us 2. Well, and, and I was Phantom. Uh, yeah, and another thing I want to say Mike. about Episode 3 and why I would actually probably put it below, too, is that the ending, just for me, was just so, like, so no. cheesy, you know? No. The fight, I mean, the fight with Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin Most on the lava up. planet, like, it's really bad. Oh, and, I'm disagreeing, man. Really? Wow, really? Yeah, you make your point. Uh, it's just, I mean, it had some moments that were good, but like surfing on the lava and like I have the high ground and everything just didn't work for me. And Bad then the CG. end, the no, you know, it's just like. Uh, yeah, Darth Vader like whining, that's terrible. I think that fight is really close to me on being the best one ever, if not for taking it to the level of you're floating on top of a robot above a lava river. Yeah, that's when they doesn't lose look great. it. Again, but CG not holding Everything up. inside the building, except for their little dance off, like is really good. Like it's hard to ignore up the councils, off, but the dance off is there. Yeah. It's been gifted, you know. It's terrible. It's solid yeah, twenty absolutely. seconds where neither one of them is hitting each other. They're just <sighs> kind of at a rave. Yeah, so that that takes it out of the conversation for best lightsaber fight. But if you remove those elements, it's really strong. And you know, the first time Obi Wan and Darth Vader fight each other, and then you see it again in New Hope. It's like it's a big deal. And then if I could just make another. Uh, uh, maybe my favorite Han's like, rescue scene. Yeah, yeah we're talking Jabba's palace, Jabba's baby. Palace through oh, yeah. the Sarlacc pit and everything. Just seeing that as a kid, it was like probably my favorite part of Star, like my favorite 30 minutes of Star Wars, even though I like Empire Strikes Back the most. That part of Return of the Jedi is just flawless. Jacob, the, the first reveal of Luke as a Jedi master wearing all black, the green lightsaber. Yeah. I got to agree flips with off you there, of that, man. that diving board and just, yeah, he's got the lightsaber hidden in R2-D2. Yeah, the, the popping out. lightsaber. Before that became like a like a gimmick that R two D two's got the solution for everything. It was right. really cool. Like, oh, his buddy's got his yeah. back. You know, that's go great. go gadget lightsaber. Yeah, R two D two Sue. Oh, I could see it. If if anyone is, it's definitely yeah, it R2-D2. might be the droid himself. Hmm. Mm. So, do we want to talk characters then, top and bottom? Let's talk top and bottom characters in the Star Wars universe. Let's start with a guest, Jacob. T- favorite character, least favorite character. Oh, let me think about that. Um. We talking main, we talking secondary, we talking bounty hunter. What are we saying? Well, it's going to be kind of like a obvious answer for me, but I think my favorite character has to be Han Solo. All right. All I right. love Harrison Ford. I do. Harrison Ford's great. And just Han Solo, just his whole attitude and his demeanor and like his, his kind of one-liners that they're not really jokes, but it's just like him kind of being sarcastic and like cool. And it's just like, just a great character. It's so. not forced. It's just, that's him. Yeah. Which if I will say one thing about the new Star Wars movies, I feel like the humor is sometimes a lot more forced than like there's humor in the originals, but it never seemed like it was like a your mama joke or whatever, you know. Could you see any of the new characters ever becoming one of your favorites? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I just forgot about uh, one new character that I am a big fan of, and that is Kylo Ren, of Ooh, course. Kylo yeah. Ren. 
I was surprised he didn't say he was your I favorite. I was surprised. I was the son of Han Solo himself, surprised he was not your favorite. Yes, actually, I uh, totally blanked on that because I would actually have to put Kylo Ren above Han Solo at this point. Wow. wow. Um, yes, I'm a big uh, big Kylo Ren, Ben Solo fan. Uh, I think, uh, well, just from his introduction in Force Awakens, I loved him. And then uh, The Last Jedi really solidified that he was like a really good character for me. So, yes. Well, and as a a kylo ben fan are you looking for a redemption arc or do you want to see him go full dark side well i think a cool thing that they could do and and this might be something that they're doing um in the next movie he's running the empire and he's actually a a pretty good leader and like people like him i think that would be an interesting angle to do of like he's actually a good ruler that's interesting we saw him take uh, control of the first order at the end of the last jedi yeah you're not my boss anymore i'm the boss I'm the um, boss. Could and what an interesting well thing to do would be like, you know, he's actually a pretty good ruler and it's like, well, he did bad stuff before, but he's actually doing a pretty good job now. And he kind of reforms the first order or whatever, but he's still doing bad stuff sometimes, obviously. And then Ray has to like, think like, oh, you know, I like him, but he's kind of a bad guy, you know. He's got a motorcycle and a leather jacket. My parents <laughs> He's a bad like boy. Him. Yeah. He's the bad boy. That's why I like trash. him. It really does it for me. Oh, yeah. He says my parents are nobodies. <laughs> Do you like the helmet? Do you miss the helmet? Uh, I, I did like Force classic, you know, Force Awakens with the helmet. You didn't even really see him take it off until he interrogates Ray. And just for, for the first 30 minutes or whatever of the movie. Even it's longer just, than that. It's about yeah. the first yeah, like, hour, hour and 15. Almost. Very cool. And mm-hmm. it does something to his, to his voice that I think is really cool. Where, like the first scene, he just has like this kind of weird affect to his voice that is just really menacing kind of and you're like who is this guy but then he takes it off and you're like oh he's just some punk kid he's so he's, he's so, so handsome, handsome. Ooh, <laughs> look at that hair yeah it's true hair for days who's your least favorite character oh uh, least favorite character okay uh i want to i want to wipe jar jar off the board because i think everybody is obvious yeah yeah that's what i was thinking that's Um, fair look any of the here's what i'll say any of the hard racist characters (laughs) and i think we can openly embrace this as fans there are in the star wars universe some riskier maybe racist characters we can all agree maybe Yeah, maybe the the banking Bo- clan, <laughs> Boss Ness, any of the Gungans. Really, it's yeah. easy to say they're your least favorite. Obviously, they're underdeveloped characters. They're horrible caricatures. Let's just go ahead and throw them off. Let's talk about not necessarily even main characters. Let's just talk about you know the people in the Star Wars universe that are a little more tangible than those. So, are we talking about characters that you don't like in the story, or just like char- like characters that you don't like? Throw it all in. It can be personal. I can, I'll do my least favorite right now. I'll tell you guys, I'll blow your minds <laughs> all right, right now. All right, let's do it. My Here. least favorite character is Lando Calrissian. Wow. I think he is a poor caricature. He comes Lando in. Lando Calrissian? The entire point of him, truly, like I just said with his race claim stuff, was to come in and to have a black character in Star Wars. And that's fine. I think that's important. But don't just throw him in there. And what does he bring to the table? He wears Han's clothes in one scene. In another scene at Jabba's Palace, he's what? A background extra, essentially. What does Lando ever bring to the table? Well, how do you feel about Donald Glover taking on the role in the solo story? And now there are talks, you know, based on people reacting to his performance, that he might even get his own spinoff. Are you open to embracing Lando as a prequel character and not necessarily as he is in the originals? I think that's what he needs more than anything, development, which is exactly what they're trying to do with him. They're trying to build him out and make him a character because originally he is not. Well, on that note of development, you know, uh, I'm a big Karate Kid fan and I watched the original. I recently watched the YouTube Red series and what that does is it 
adds character to a one note like Johnny was just a villain and the series a prequel basically or it's you know after but it adds a lot more depth so if they can do that with the solo movie and a Lando spinoff then it might make it better when you watch Empire well I get the feeling from at least the trailers of solo that I don't think Lando is going to be developed very much in the movie. Like he's going to be more of a side character still to Han and um, Amelia Clark's character and everything. So I just, I'm not sure if we're going to get that, but by the time this podcast is actually released, Solo will have come out. So, I mean, we'll see then whether we're right or wrong here, but right now we're just kind of speculating based on trailers and initial reactions. I do think Donald Glover was good casting though. I think they did. do. Oh, absolutely. I agree too. But Joe, I see what you're saying. Reach out to us. Let us know what you thought about Donald Glover's character in Solo. Is Lando better or is he worse? Let us know. Maybe next time, you know, we talk, uh, Colin might be eating some of his words here with Lando Uh, as a character. Might be his new favorite. Hey, might be. Joe, um, why don't you talk about who's your favorite Star Wars character? My favorite Star Wars character, I think this will be no surprise, is Han Solo because he is Indiana Jones in space. Uh, Yeah, the the scruffy-looking nerf herder, the original bounty hunter, smuggler, whatever, just trying to get paid until he meets uh, a band of heroes and decides to do the right thing. I think what makes him an interesting character is at his core... He's always going to do the right thing. And that's uh, a little more interesting to me than someone like Luke, who's just, I'm a hero because I'm the hero. In your universe, did he shoot first? He always shoots yes. first. Ooh, how about you guys? Did Han shoot first? Of course. Of course he shot first. Ah, all right, I guess. Anyone who side. says he doesn't shoot first is a liar. But yeah. to me, it's, it's just a, it's a mute point. Who cares? That's yeah. true. That's well, the guy he's shooting is a bad guy, so it's not like... Greedo. You know, he, it's a, he's a guy that's trying to take... Uh, Han Solo into captive and deliver him to Jar Jar or Jar Jar Binks, right? Oh, no. Is that correct? That's Jar right. Jar Binks? Yeah, Jar Jar Binks. God, I, I hate when they re-released it and they CG Jar Jar in that opening <laughs> scene right before Han gets on the Falcon. Jar Jar the Hutt. Best scene. <laughs> Fun fact: Greedo as a character is is a man, but was played by a woman because the suit didn't fit anyone. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think so. so the person in the suit is also doing the voice for Greedo. Um, doubtful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Colin, did we get your favorite character? Favorite character in the Star Wars universe. Look, I love Chewbacca. I love mm. the droids. Um, I don't know if you guys grew up with this. Did you guys watch the droids animated uh, series? There were two made-for-TV movies. Later on YouTube, I caught up with them. But on yeah. air, no, I did not. Was that something you had through your, your brother? That, that was something we picked up at Costco one time, there I believe, in know. a DVD pack. Uh, my father just said, hey, this is Star Wars. You like that, don't you? And then I watched the shit out of it. And I'm not talking about that Ewoks movie as well. Do, do you guys remember that, I too? remember Ewok remember Adventure. Ewok All this weird side stuff all these weird characters i love those smaller characters chewbacca again i would not call a smaller character but somebody who has not received a lot of development but in my heart he's the big dog i love him so much i'm excited to see him in solo to get fleshed out more the character i want to talk about and say is my favorite now looking back after watching these new ones is ray wow i gotta say i'll drop that bomb right now i love ray i like ray she's a great character all this Mary Sue talk, all that stuff, I throw it out the window because, yep. look, you know, she brings such a ferocious performance to it. She is so talented. I, I don't know. I look at her and I just see such a vulnerability that people aren't seeing. And if that was the case, wouldn't she just be so cocksure and and so confident in herself? Wouldn't that indicate more of a Mary Sue? Also, she's not great at anything she does. Like, people act like she's... 
oh, she beat Kylo Ren her first go. Come on. No. Kylo Ren was shot by a blaster that we had seen destroy people in that movie. They made a point earlier in the film to highlight the destructive power of a Wookiee bowcaster. Of the Wookiee bowcaster. So he is, you know, literally, I think, trying to get blood out of his lungs by pounding on his chest and also kind of playing with his food a little bit. I don't Mm. think he's looking to kill Rey or even hurt Rey. While Ray's looking to win that game, yeah, he doesn't realize the full abil- like the full power of her abilities. So he's kind of toying with her a little bit, but then he realizes that she's actually pretty good. So then he's like, "Oh shit!" And he had yeah. also just been hit by Finn moments before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, probably toying with her, right? Because he wants to turn her to his side. He's not trying to take her out. You know, he's trying to see what potential is there. Right? Yeah, Ray's. Yeah, great. I would say I'm a big fan of both Ray and Kylo Ren and their whole relationship and dynamic. Oh, and, that's what really sold me on it. I gotta say, yeah. the scenes in Last Jedi of her sitting in the hut after the what I'll call dark side trial that she takes when she mm. goes inside the hole, right on right. the island of Octu, mm-hmm. uh, and she's sitting in that hut confessing to Kylo Ren that she felt the pull of the dark side. I'm right there with her. That is probably you feel one the pull too. I feel the pull too. I'm getting pulled off right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the strongest scenes in Last Jedi to me. And not to jump the gun, I'm someone who didn't love the Last Jedi. I think it's. Ooh, we'll talk about uh-oh. that. Yeah, but that is a scene that really works. It's really strong. She has her walking into the tree moment, you know, like Luke did, and yeah, just her vulnerability is a huge like strength to show. Um, kind of her inner struggle to go back and forth between it and it adds a depth to like the grayscale of the force they're trying to introduce. It's really good. There's a lot of clump complexity in the, uh, the new characters that I don't think we saw as much in the original trilogy. Uh, even with the force, you know, it's not so much a story of good versus evil. It's a story that's a little more complicated. I think yeah. great point. The original is all Joseph Campbell heroes, hero's journey. It's all archetypes. You Absolutely. Know? It's black and white. And then now they're right. trying to grayscale it. So. The hero rises, the villain falls. Yeah. Well, it's just that the the dichotomy of the Jedi and the Sith have, has existed for like centuries, right? And now they're saying, wait, it doesn't have to be like this good versus evil. Like there's like the force is the force, right? Mm-hmm. Which they introduced with characters like Maz Katan, who... Uh, in a deleted scene, uses the Force to like move some rubble and stuff oh, like that. I didn't that. know that. I haven't seen the Force oh, Awakens wow. deleted scenes. Um, oh, I don't think uh, they ever shot it, actually. Uh, it's just one that's been talked about a bunch. Okay. Uh, but confirmed by filmmakers that wow. originally there there was going to be a moment where she uses the Force. And I think that just kind of showcases that, again, like Jacob said, it's not for the Jedi or the Sith. The Force is for everybody, which is kind of the point of the new Star Wars movies, I think, is Star Wars is for everybody. Right. And also, if you think about it as like an allegory for religion, like the Jedi and the Sith are like the Catholic Church or, or like, you know, institutions like that. Whereas now they're saying, well, well you can just be your spiritual in your own way without. I'm not religious. <laughs> I'm just spiritual. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike, hit us with your best. Uh, my best throughout all the uh, movies is Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's my favorite. 100%. Wow. Ewan McGregor, the, he's the only watchable thing. Not the only one, but he's the best part about the prequels is seeing Ewan McGregor be Obi-Wan. And then you tie that to Alec Guinness, you know, and just Obi-Wan is my favorite character. And also in the side stuff, the Clone Wars cartoons and stuff, Obi-Wan is so fucking cool. And he's got one-liners, you know. He, he's, Absolutely. He becomes a military commander, too, right? Yeah. That role. He's the king of snark, though. He oh, really yeah. does deliver on those one-liners. Mm-hmm. So uncivilized. Yeah, uh, Obi-Wan, easily, man. He's so cool. 
He's trying to mentor Anakin. You are my brother, Anakin. I love you know. Can it's I ask great. you something? In uh, r- r- uh, Attack of the Clones, we, we see a different side of Obi-Wan. A lot of people talk about this element. It's kind of the only element uh, of this type in any of the Star Wars films, sort of a detective mode when we see him yeah. really tracking down the clones. Do you like that part? I do like that a lot, actually. You know, he's in the underbelly, trying to buy some death sticks, you know? Like, I like it. You want to sell me death sticks. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that film's version of the cantina scene. You got these weird characters. He hops in there, and then he goes back to a cantina to get... Han Solo, like, he's been in that environment before. It's, like, setting up, like, oh, yeah, he knows how to get stuff done in the underbelly, too. It's very, very cool. That's true. I mean, I never thought about that in that context before, but he really is kind of like the hero, you know, the greatest Oh, it's a very interesting journey, yeah. Yeah, I like that. He can get down. Batman in the Star Wars world, Yeah, right? Yeah, it's kind of like that. And he's chasing, what was that, um, the assassin's name? Zam Weasel. Yeah. Oh, great pull. Wow. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's Zam Weasel. Ten points to Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Obi-Wan, that's it. That's the best. All right, well, that Pretty was our good. tops, folks. Star Wars. Oh, I just also want to just add that I uh, feel like I misrepresented how much I like Kylo Ren. And, uh, you know, I just I just blanked on him earlier when I was uh, thinking about I was only thinking about the original series, and that's why I said Han Solo, who I would consider my second favorite character, but mm. Kylo Ren, number one in my heart. All so. right, so let's break that down. So we got two sequel characters, you and me. We love Kylo Ren. We love Rey. And we got two OGs with Han Solo and uh, Obi Wan, but is it an OG or it's is a it a prequel? prequel? He likes prequel Obi Wan, oh, probably. Fair more. enough. You probably also like uh, Alec Guinness. But he's only in. Too. He's only in. Yeah, half such a, a movie. such a small role and half of another. But he's well, a great actor. A scene of another cameo. He's yeah. a ghost. Prequel Obi Wan is why I love Obi Wan. So. Is Obi Wan? So Obi Wan has appeared in all three of the originals as a Force ghost in Empire and Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I guess he waves the at the end of Return of the Jedi. So that's yeah. so that's six in total. And right? his voice is in. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. And, oh, wow. right? yeah, and they melded uh, Alec Guinness and uh, oh. right? Yeah, when she has her. Wow, really? You're right, Joe. I think you're onto something. I think it might be one of the most. Uh, I think him and Chewie are the two because Chewie's in. Um, well, on R2. We got to have R2 in there. Yeah, the droids. Yeah. I got to count the droids. C3PO and R2D2 have been in all of them. And little known fact about Obi Wan he's Ray's father. <laughs> oh, no, boo. Wow. Not like that theory. Dropping bombs here. No, he's really probably not. Probably not. He's not buried in a pauper's grave on Jakku, so... All right, real quick, guys. Hit us with your worst. Come on, let's start with Joe. My worst. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I don't want to say anyone that I'll regret, but, you know, I'll go for it. Like you, I might be eating my words with this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Poe is probably my least favorite character hmm. right now just because he's not really developed. Uh, you know, I would say between him and Finn... Are they probably the most underdeveloped characters in the sequels right now? He does not get a lot to do in uh, Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. I mean, originally in the script, he was meant to die in the plane crash that saved Finn. Uh, so Poe was just kind of meant to be this one-off character. So unless they really start giving him more to do, stepping into kind of that layer role, that leadership role for the Resistance, I just don't really vibe with the, uh, the Han Solo light. Do you like Oscar Isaacs? I love Oscar Isaacs. Oh, great uh, actor. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis oh, is great movie. You know, an unpopular opinion. One of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. I don't know if that's on top um, of them. I think it's a great movie. It's a great oh, album. Is, yeah, I really, really enjoy him. But and you I get just feel like he's Kylo just not... Ren in there too, Adam oh, Driver. Oh, I forgot that's about right. that. Yeah. That is a great connection. Uh, but I feel like he just hasn't had much to do. And he's kind of taking up the reins for one of my favorite characters. 
So it's like, you know. He does have more to do in The Last Jedi than Finn, though, or he's more important to the plot. uh, Finn goes on that adventure to the Cantina planet or whatever. Uh, But that's, we'll talk about Ooh, I saw Mike's (laughs) Mike's triggered face. But we will get to that. Hey, real quick, just because we were talking about it, would you guys want JT, Justin Timberlake, in the Star Wars universe? In what oh, capacity? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't be against it. I just I don't know what character he would play or anything. I'd want a cool, cocky pilot universe before I'd want JT. What, my thing universe. with Star Wars, right? The originals. The only person people had ever heard of was Harrison Ford. You got these no-name actors True. who become they inhabit these roles and they become iconic for right. it. Once you start, even with Solo, like you get Donald Glover, at, you know, you're putting name actors in. Even in Rogue One, you have Forrest Whitaker in there. Like, it pulls me out of the universe when I see somebody who's like well known. Well, the prequels, uh, most of the people that were cast in the prequels were well known. I mean, not Anakin, but like yeah. Ian McGregor was known. Uh, even Daisy Liam Ridley, Mason. I'd say, was kind of on the up and up, right? Upcoming. Well, Adam, Dri- uh, Adam like Driver and Oscar Isaacs were both pretty okay. on the up and up, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. So um, I would have a, I have a problem now if like if Daniel Craig wants to be in a stormtrooper suit, that's Ooh, fine. Yeah. But but if Justin Timberlake, hey man, put me in Star Wars, then I have an issue with that. That would kill you. Yeah. Well, if they if it was a character that he fit, then it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing. I don't. Think. I think I'd just be jealous because he can make a phone call and be in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I think that's and very I, I not. <laughs> well, I want to be in Star Wars yeah. and not just a stormtrooper. But if I could make that phone call, I would. So I can't blame him. You know, hey, what up, Obi Wan? We're watching some uh, YouTube uh, videos of Star Wars Clone Wars in the background here. Yeah, he's anyway. looking like a badass. Yeah, look at him. Get it. That's a great look for him too. The uh, the half clone trooper armor, half cape. Oh yeah, uh, Jedi oh, yeah. look God, really, general cool. really iconic. General look. Kenobi. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, if I can say oh. my uh, least favorite character, oh yeah, I feel like General Grievous. I kind of forgot he. Oh. oh, he might be my least favorite Star Wars character. <laughs> no, of all come time. on, come on, you are yeah, a guy. He's, uh, he's got four lightsabers. <laughs> like, I'm just not he into that smoker's robot. Coat? He has a smoker's coat. He does the whole time. He's like, <laughs> oh, Jacob, come on, hit us with your worst. Uh, yes, my okay. Probably not that controversial, but my least favorite would have to be C three PO. Oh my god, oh, I love C three PO. He's a whiny little Daniels. bitch. C three PO, huh? No, he's just uh, to me. He just is just continually just annoying in scenes, and he just whines all the time. And it was just like he just annoys me anytime he pops up. Like sometimes it's good to see him, but other times it's just like I don't want him. I don't. We don't need him. He's so hysteric, right? R2-D2 is great, though. Do you think what's really putting you off is his new red arm? Is that kind of a distracting <laughs> look for you? Yeah, and I just don't like um, the actor that plays him either. I just think he's just kind of like, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you made it personal there at the end. That's going to, yeah, uh, people are going to be mad about that. Well, he's also said stuff about Star Wars. He's like, I don't get enough like credit for playing C-3PO. It's oh, like, and that it's just a paycheck. I've seen that, yeah. too. That's mm. like, oh, you're not really an important part. But just to me, he's just whiny. I just don't like him at all. Wow. Some people say the droids are the chorus. They're the most important part. They drive the story. I mean, they have the data with them. Yeah, but his personality, like, he's just yeah. too annoying to me. Yeah, but in terms of, like, an actor not caring, I mean, Harrison Ford was once asked, who shot first? And his response was, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, but Harrison Ford's cool. True. Yeah, so, so it's cool not to care, kids. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bad boy just like me. Yeah. Um, if I can go ahead and do my least favorite character, 
Django Fett sucks, right? True. Fett. Wow. I keep Django forgetting Fett all these sucks. prequels. He didn't villains. deliver. He didn't deliver on what Boba Fett could have been. You know, and so that's that. It says it all. Django Fett sucks. Just think about it, and you'll know that I'm right. To add I can't that, argue it. Yeah. Most I can't overrated argue character, Boba Fett, because wow, he was no. see, that's wandered. actually what I was kind of expecting somebody to jump onto. I don't think he's the worst character. I just think it's a missed opportunity because there's so much. He could have been so much of a better character. They just didn't do anything with him in the original series. In in the movies, I get that, but Star Wars has moved on so far just beyond the movies that the mythos of uh, Boba Fett, the mystique the expanded universe true, true. version of him has, you know, people have loved since, uh, since what, like 82 when they first started doing sure. uh, expanded universe stuff. Mm. Agreed. Did we Car- miss anybody? No, I think that's no, it. Those are all our tops and bottoms. All right, guys, that was top or bottoms for star Wars for us. Now we're going to be talking about the state of star Wars. Let's talk about where they're going. Let's talk about the Disney acquisition. Let's talk about what's coming up, both in TV and films. How about you guys? Let's start first. Do you guys like these Disney movies? I have to say, I'm a big fan of what Disney's doing because I love Star Wars. So if you promise me I'm going to see a Star Wars movie every year, I promise you I'm going to be there. You're a franchise fan. I am. I am a diehard. I mean, as a kid, we didn't have a Star Wars movie every day. Uh, you know, we rewatched the originals, we rewatched the prequels, we played video games, we read comics, we collected figures. Now they're telling us every single year, you're going to have a new cast of characters to look forward to. Jacob, you're our guest. How about Star Wars stories? Are you interested in seeing Solo? Uh, I am interested in seeing it. I don't have super high hopes for it. Um, Rogue One, I think, is the worst of the three new Star Wars movies. Whoa, I didn't know that. Uh, Lay that on me for a minute. I just think it's um, not a very good movie. It has some good action. Like the ending action scene is great, but most of that movie is pretty not very good. And the story to me isn't very interesting because we know what's going to happen and we know how it's going to happen. So it's like, it takes a lot of the suspense out of it. Titanic's not interesting either for that right. same reason. Oh, I like that. Um, I, I like the Disney movies, but I don't like The Last Jedi as much as uh, you three. Um, I have issues with it. It's just because it's our childhood, and I feel betrayed by Rain Johnson in a way. Ruin Johnson. Yeah. Ruin Johnson. We will have to have another episode in the future where we go in-depth on the Last Jedi debate. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll have different guests, pros and cons. Yeah, we got three pros here, one anti. That's a little bit of ganging up, but I, I feel you, Mike. I understand. Can I ask, is it just story issues, or do you truly believe that it goes against what Star Wars stands for? I don't think it fully goes against what Star Wars stands for. I like the introduction of the you know, shades of gray in the Force, um, but I have problems with how Luke was handled. Uh, That's the big one. And just the terrible casino. It's like the, the casino arc is like putting a prequel film in the middle of your other movie. Like, it's that yeah. bad. Ooh. I can see that. No, it, that's, I, that I do agree sense. with that. Like, yeah, that scene absolutely. belongs in the prequels. And those are probably my least two favorite things. Even though I overall did like the movie, I would not have killed Luke at the end, and I would have removed the casino stuff. And that's the Luke thing is enough to push me over. Like, But I like most of what they did with Luke's character. I just don't like that he died at the end. Yeah, see, I'm on the opposite side of it. I don't think Luke was an interesting character at all until The Last Jedi. Wow, interesting. You saw him a bit as a Gary Stu? Yeah, well, they they finally gave him something to do other than just being the hero, the token hero, you know, the, the token blonde guy who's going to save the day. And this, you know, we see him kind of take up that, that Yoda, Obi-Wan, 
disillusioned by the Force role, and we really have to watch him come to terms with his own failures. Right. Yeah, I guess, you know, last thing, you know, he, he goes into hiding. All the old Jedis go somewhere. Yoda goes to Dagobah. Obi-Wan's hanging out on Tatooine. He's watching out for Luke, but same thing. Then Luke goes over there, and he wants, oh, let me find the Jedi Temple. To do what? Not be a Jedi anymore? To, you to know, guard it. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I don't care about this stuff. The Jedi need to end. Why are you there anyway? Like, if, if you if you don't care that much, why, why are you there? Anyway, I'm going to have to get some backup, and but we're going to come back to this, yeah, and we're going to debate this revisit. hardcore. Like All right. I do feel like the popular, yes. popular opinions of it on on online are more negative than positive so we have more positive than negative so maybe it's not exactly representing how most people feel about it yeah, that being so we'll said, have to come back yeah disney thank you for the star wars films like joe said if they're coming yeah. out i'll be there and so overall you know i'm excited for what's coming there's gonna be a tv show i don't know a lot about that though. yeah john favreau is uh making a live action show which is set after the Battle of Endor, so the fall of the Empire, but before The Force Awakens. Mm. He was just interviewed on the red carpet at the solo premiere. He just revealed he is halfway done writing the series, so we know it's uh, progressed pretty well. Oh, that's huge. My problem is, even though so far I've liked the movies, the new Disney movies, pretty well, they're going to do one a year or two a year or however many for eternity, right? So they're not all going to be winners. And so... Even though like they do it with Marvel too, and more likely than not, Marvel movies are usually pretty good. At some point, I feel like there's just not it's, there's not going to be new stories to tell, or or they're going to run out of ideas. So. Oh, they could run out of ideas in movies and animated TV shows and live action TV shows all right. running at the same time. Right. Probably. I feel you. Yeah, I could. Uh, there, there's a, and I want them all to be good. Yeah, know, me too. There's a finite creative resource there within the Star Wars universe, as much as we love it. And I don't want them to hit the bottom of that well sooner, right. you know. See, I would argue that well is going to keep expanding. The mm. more filmmakers we have, the more takes we have. Um, you know, what kind of thing, or, you know, what types of stories would you be interested in seeing moving forward? Because we know John Favreau's got his show, and we got some more details about that. But there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that we don't know anything about. Like, we know Ryan Johnson's going to make some more movies. Right. We know, Jacob, you're a big uh, Game of Thrones fan. We know the guys behind that show are going to be coming out with their own stuff. I can't even yeah. imagine what that's going to be about. I don't know. Uh, those guys, while I do like them, they're not as good at, at making their own original content as they are at adapting stuff based on their track record in Game Interesting. of Thrones. Interesting. So. I think that might be a little deterrent to uh, the film being good. Uh, yeah, well, I'd have to see what it would be about and stuff, but I'm not super into those guys as just um, original idea people because some of the changes they made in Game of Thrones are pretty garbage, in my opinion. Well, let's lay out some predictions. Here's what I think, guys. I think, just based on how we've seen with Star Wars Rebels kind of embracing uh, uh, some different characters from the expanded universe, I think we're going to get a dig into those expanded books, some, some old history. The legends are maybe going to be coming up more in these films, you know, are we going to be getting Knights of the Old Republic with Ryan Johnson? Mm -hmm. Are we going to be getting uh, uh, some live-action adaptations of maybe The Mandalorians with uh, with John Favreau? That could be interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people want to see different things from Star Wars films. Like, I'd be interested in seeing a, a Seven Samurai-type film with Jedi. I mean, yeah. That sounds incredible to me. You're talking about Zack Snyder's pitch back in the day. Yeah, a long time ago. Even... Uh, yeah, well, I think before the Disney acquisition. I believe right, right before just, Force Awakens, yeah, he made just it something clear. something he wanted to do. And it's like um, 
fairly common knowledge that the original Star Wars was based on like Akira Kurosawa stuff partially too. Like the droids have lines pulled straight out of Forbidden Fortress when they're saying maybe it's our lot in life to suffer. That's from Forbidden Fortress. So I like the Seven Samurai. It's like the Westerns that became samurai movies and vice versa. Star Wars borrowing from samurai, samurai going back. Like Seven Samurai, Star Wars would be great or something like that. And they're really talking up that Western genre and Solo coming out. Yeah, and Western, right. That's that's very cool. Different takes. I remember this is a little bit of a jump ahead, but that 1313 game was supposed to come out. It was like a gritty... Oh, the Boba Fett In game. the underground wow. of like Coruscant. Or what, like, that's cool. Like, what's in the gritty under the fingernails of this universe? I would like to get into there, too. Well, and again, jumping ahead a little bit, there's a lot of characters from the expanded universe that I would like to see added, like uh, Dash Rendar, Ooh, who is a you smuggler, him. bounty hunter-type character. You know, I'd love to see like a, a cannibal run type film featuring some of these bounty hunters or smugglers that we didn't get to see in the movies. But I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity there. Like, I think the well will keep expanding the more takes we have. I'm sure it's become its own genre. So you get more people in there, adding to it, expanding it. It could just keep going. But you guys agree you think we're going to dig down into that old mythos like the Timothy Zahn novels, things like that? I mean, we already saw they pulled out, uh, what's his name? The blue guy. Thrawn. Thrawn? Yeah, Admiral Thrawn featured in uh, Rebels, which if you haven't watched Rebels, definitely check it out. It's worth your time. Uh, you get Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, as the hilarious. last Padawan who survived Order 66, training a, a new Aladdin-esque hero. Uh, it's definitely a show worth looking at. If you like Darth Maul, he's back too. Oh yeah, that's right. He's alive, canon. Uh, with your boy Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan and Darth Maul have a final showdown. And uh, yeah, so if you were bummed out by Darth Maul getting killed in Phantom Menace, canon, he's back. He had sp- spider legs and revenge robot, on his mind. Yeah. Robot spider legs. Yeah. Well, and Mike, as a huge Obi-Wan fan, while it has not been officially announced, one of the things people are clamoring for the most is an Obi-Wan solo film. Uh, I'm assuming you're looking forward to that, but what would you want to see in it? I mean, what I want to see out of, like, an Obi-Wan spinoff movie is what was he doing on Tatooine after he dropped off Luke, you know, Uncle Ben, or Uncle Owen, you know? He's hanging out in the cave, but someone has to be looking for this kid, this Jedi kid. He has to be doing something to search for, are there any Jedi remaining? Does he know Yoda's alive, right? That's his homie, you know? So he has to be doing something in that time span, and that's what I want to see. I want Obi-Wan adventures. That's what me and my friend would always call the prequels. You got Obi-Wan Adventures. I want a Love TV it. show called Obi-Wan Adventures. Hello there. He rides around on his dumb lizard. The uh, Adventures of Young Obi-Wan. Yeah. Just like Indiana Jones. Just throw it back. It'd be I'll tell great. You what he's doing. He's killing Tusken Raiders. Yeah, and it's time. It's Ewan McGregor's the right age to span that gap. You dust him up with a little bit of gray in the beard. You want him back. I want Ewan McGregor back. That is my Obi-Wan. Yeah. So that's what I want to see. I, I want Alec Guinness back. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all want all Alec do. Guinness yeah, back. Yeah, we all Bring do. him back from the dead. Uh, I think a Boba Fett uh, solo movie could be good. Oh, definitely. Everyone wants that, too. Star Wars story. Again, we're just talking about expanding somebody who's got very little actual development in the story. But he probably has a lot of adventures that you never see in Star Wars. Oh, exactly. You know, know. a lot of these stories have been explored in the comics and expanded universe, which we'll cover here in our next segment. Are there any final thoughts before we move on from the movies on Star Wars? I'm excited for what the universe holds. I'll, I'll just say that. Jacob? Uh, same. Uh, I do think, I hope they don't run out of ideas, or I hope they don't feel like they have to make one new Star Wars movie every year for the next 30 years, but I think most of them will be good. So, I'm a little bit in Jacob's camp here, where like, uh, yeah, getting one a year is good as a fan standpoint, but it could also be bad, you know, when it comes down to, you know, 
just kind of getting tired right. as a concept. But also I see that, yeah, there's so many things you can explore. A gritty bounty hunter movie with Boba Fett is vastly different than Obi-Wan Adventures. And they, they both have a place to exist, right? True. The smuggler movie with Han Solo that's about to come out. Like, that's going to be tonally very different than some other films they can do. So keep them coming. Keep them yeah. good. And you could say they're, they're already doing, they've been doing that with Marvel and it's working out. But also I feel like Marvel has a lot more different because there's so many different characters that have had their own comics and everything. It's a lot different than Star Wars where it's like a universe, but like a lot of it's more similar, even though they can do different genres and stuff. So. Yeah, I think moving forward, we're going to see a lot of different takes on the universe. And I'm just excited to see, again, like, you know, I haven't gotten sick of Star Wars in the last 28 years of my life. I don't think I'm going to get sick of it in the next That's 30. a great point. All right, guys. Well, that was talking about Star Wars, the movies. Let's go ahead and talk about the comics. I have fought the worst of all wars and witnessed the redemption of evil. I have seen balance restored to the Force. But order can turn to chaos, as it did when I was born. Now, with my loved ones and my loyal allies, I face a new challenge unlike any before. And I'm not sure at this time we can win. All right, guys, we're talking about the comics of the Star Wars universe. Joe, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so diving into the history of comic books as they relate to Star Wars, obviously there's a lot of crossover in terms of fans there. Uh, In 1977, after the release of A New Hope, Marvel Comics was actually making the first Star Wars comic books. I have not read much of those, only the first couple issues, and they kind of cover the original films and some of the adventures you'd see with the original cast. None of that really counts as canon. Uh, That was from 1977 to about 1987. Then they lost the rights and they went to Dark Horse, and Dark Horse made some different stories that kind of dealt with the expanded universe. Some of these books different characters that we didn't see, and they weren't afraid to go into prequel characters, uh, post-quill characters, I guess I'll call them, characters that don't exist in canon anymore, but did at the time following the adventures of Luke, Han, and Leia after the fall of the Empire. Ooh, interesting. Han and Leia's like original kids, like the twins. Yeah, stuff like that that we didn't see in the movies because Disney obviously acquired uh, Star Wars. They also acquired Marvel. Mm -hmm. So when they acquired Marvel again, they went and took the comic books back from Dark Horse. So now the Marvel books that have been printed since the merger are officially canon. And what kind of stuff are they covering in the official canon books now then? The official canon books have covered almost every aspect that we know. Uh, So we have seen a Yoda secret war, which covers a little bit before the Clone Wars. Uh, So even before the original series, we've seen prequel books following Mace Windu, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan exploring their relationship as Padawan and teacher. Mm -hmm. We have seen uh, Rebels prequels following Kanan as a kid, uh, how he escaped Order 66, and even, Mike, I know you're a big fan of Obi-Wan. Yep. There is a book that fills the time between the Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness years about his time on Tatooine called the Obi-Wan Journals. Oh, really? Uh, see, stuff like that kind of worries me. I get kind of nervous that the the films coming out, the Star Wars stories, might clash with that canon, and then they might throw it all out. So, you know, making the claim that these comic books are canon... It walks a tight line for me. You know, it's something that not a lot of fans are going to get to see. So why even make that guarantee? 
that's a good point. I mean, there are moments that we're definitely not going to go back to, though. Like, I don't think we'll ever get a Yoda's secret war that follows him with the uh, expansion of the clone army. That's not really something that I think is interesting enough uh, necessarily for a film or that warrants the CGI budget that would be required. Because the great thing about comic books is it costs nothing to write it. You just have to pay the artist to draw it. Absolutely. You're not paying the actors. And Rex and Cody looking a little old, the clone troopers. So, yeah, I could see how a Yoda Secret Wars might not work out as a movie. Exactly. What are, um, whoa, technical difficulty. So, I mean, are there any, like, really notable comic storylines that were in the EU that got thrown out that people are kind of disappointed that are no longer considered canon? There, there are some really fun EU stories. One of my favorite is uh, Shadows of the Empire, which had a video game we'll talk about in our next segment yep. uh, that followed the adventures of Dash Rendar, uh, who was looking for Han Solo after he had been placed in Carbonite. So this takes place between the events of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, wow. So you have uh, the Empire looking for the Rebels still, and Darth Vader trying to track down this, this Luke Skywalker character, his son, Right. Uh, and you also have some other like gangster esque characters who are not necessarily working for the Empire, but are looking to take control of things. So you get to see Leia step into the spotlight a little more than we did in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see Chewbacca looking for his friend a little more than we got to see in the movies. And you get to see things like IG 88 facing off against Boba Fett Ooh. for control of Han's, you know, frozen really? corpse, basically. That's pretty There's cool. a lot of exciting moments in there that I don't think the general audience would be as interested in, but fans would definitely get a huge kick out of. Like, if you like Boba Fett, you'd love to see Boba Fett facing off against some of the other bounty hunters that you just know a little bit about, like Bosk or IG-88, those types of characters. Now, can I give you a little bit of my history with these uh, comic books, Star Wars? Uh, So I was not an original collector of when Marvel took over in the 1970s. I remember seeing those guys. Me and my brother were a little more interested in them getting the property for Transformers, actually. Uh, But uh, these recent re-releases, I love seeing what they've done. They take Marvel writers and go ahead and throw them on. People like Kieran Gillian, uh, an Irish writer who did Iron Man for a very long time, gets Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, and the Vader Vader Down is a crossover event they did between the Darth Vader solo book and the Star Wars book, Whoa. which uh, fills in a time period in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which actually shows that that first face-off between uh, Vader and Luke was not in Empire Strikes Back, that they actually had met each other and dueled a little bit before, just a little really? more playful, because as a reader, you know that Darth Vader is his father, but... Luke doesn't know that. Not at that point. So it's a a nice little play there that you wouldn't get in any other context because it's kind of filling in a gap that really only fans would be interested in seeing. I see. Well, I read that Darth Vader book. I liked it a little bit. Let me bring up a critique I have, and maybe this is with the rest of the expanded universe now, too, with the Disney movies. Uh, Darth Vader is so brutal in that comic book. He's so violent, and they really play up that angle of it. You know, in the old school movies, not so much what you saw, but of course in Rogue One, guys, we got that taste of Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. yeah, where he comes out looking like Jason and just like slicing people <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. I like more of a menacing, quiet figure than one who's so battle ready. Right. I know. I wanted. I wanted that Darth Vader. Rogue One. That's, oh, to you, he's the Terminator. That's why I paid for the ticket for Rogue One. I wanted to see that two minutes. 
you know wow. i wanted darth vader to be an imposing physical presence like jedi are gone and like what does a normal soldier do when he sees darth vader like what does that feel like to them if you saw that happen you're gonna be like dude these sith these jedi dudes they're fucking crazy he was choking people slicing them up we couldn't do we couldn't shoot them I'm out. I want to see yeah. like that, you know, and that's what we finally I did saw. like that. My problem is though that if you watch Rogue One and then A New Hope back to back, it's like he's doing all this badass stuff and then he gets in the the ship and then he's just kind of standing there. And then Thank he, like, you. Chokes he becomes out so someone. stiff. Yeah. So it's much. Right. I mean, obviously they can't change how he was portrayed in the original series, but it just kind of clashes with the, with it a little bit. But that's to be expected, I think. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up Rogue One. There was a comic book made for Rogue One as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that production, I think, was pretty troubled, I guess I would say. There to were a say lot the of rewrites and a lot of like retooling of the script. The books, no. Nah, they were going off what was originally on the page. So oh, if you read the books, I think it's a six-issue series of Rogue One. You'll see kind of a, a slightly different take than you got in the movie. Oh, which might be a little better for people who had problems story or structure wise with the movie. They might enjoy the book a little more. Oh, wow. And if you like characters like Cassian Endor or K2SO, uh, there's also some adventures you can read with them. So the comic books just help fans. You know, if you like these people, here's a little more for you. Well, they supplement, but they also introduce new characters. I'd like to talk about a character named Dr. Afra, a female character who's introduced oh, right. in the comic books, who is a space archaeologist. Yeah, something kind of we a lady do not Indiana. see. Exactly. Lady Indiana, kind of a bad guy. She works with Vader in the Empire, but sort of morally dubious. Now, a character like that, here's my critique. Expanding upon the mythos of the Jedi is interesting, but expanding upon the mythos of any religious allegories in all of Star Wars, she's looking for some lost objects by people who might not even be involved with the Jedi, who might have their own ancient mysticism. Mm. That, to me, I understand we have it in our own culture, but it just dilutes it so much more. It makes it so confusing to me. So you have a problem with the, the witches? The, oh, don't even the talk about witches. the space, space witches, witches that give birth to Darth Maul eventually. Stuff like that. I mean, you know, when you're bringing magic in, I feel like Han Solo, it's all just trickery and light to me. Well, you got to think mm. the, whole, the universe is, is pretty big. There's like all kinds of different religions and, and things that you don't even, might not even know about on different planets, you know? Darth Maul, another character, if you're interested, there are solo books for him, uh, Son of Dathmere, that kind of fill in that that weird gap where, the again, you said space witches. They do exist. Uh, and yeah. his char- well, his character does get a lot of great uh, action in uh, the Clone Wars series, or not the uh, uh, Rebels. I, I do oh, know. some great development. Yeah, and Darth Maul book, that's something like, like a Darth Vader book appeals to me. A Darth Maul book appeals to me. You know, Boba Both Fett of those are out there. Yeah. And Boba Fett appears in a handful of series, both in the canon books, but also back in the the Dark Horse comic days. Uh, And Dark Horse, they even had books that went beyond dealing with, you know, the Emperor's cloned body and and leading a new Jedi order. You know, a lot of stuff that some people complain that that's what they wanted to see in the new movies, but they're not necessarily getting that because we decided there's a difference between canon and legends. And now all of the EU characters, these are legends. But, you know, just like in the real world, I think with a lot of legends, there's some truth buried in there. So I wouldn't rule out seeing some of these characters appear later. I'd like to see Dr. Aphra uh, appear in some comic books. I'd like to see some of the Rebel characters uh, appear in the films as well. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I recommend you guys check these out. Certainly if you want to get a bigger taste of the universe for sure. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Uh, if you're interested in more of like the Jedis versus the war or more of the smugglers, there's definitely going to be a Star Wars book for you. So just go out there and take a look. You'll find something worth reading. Let me ask you something. Is uh, Another great character that I like from both Clone Wars and Rebels is uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka uh, Tana? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anakin's uh, for a little while Padawan, and then obviously Anakin turns to the dark side, and then she's also featured in Rebels as an older uh, Jedi who escaped Order 66. Um, does she have any like comic books or anything like that? I don't know if she has a solo run, but she has appeared a handful of times. Um, she's interesting because Ahsoka Tana is kind of the first example we have of a gray Jedi. Uh, she gets kicked out of the Jedi Order. Right. And they're like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to kick you out. We'll bring you back in. But she's like, you know, forget it. Right. You guys kicked me out. I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah, I think that's actually really awesome. Like to give her character that moment where you know they accuse her of like being in some conspiracy and they kick her out, and then it's false and like oh our bad. And she's like, yeah, I thought you guys were my homies. Like you didn't have my yeah. back. You didn't have my back. And then she chooses to leave. That's like, it's just so good. It's such a good character beat. And, and she like, has a great dynamic with Anakin too. And she kind of learns from him to kind of like you know because he kind of is a hot head, does yeah. his own thing, and then you know. She can't trust the Jedi Order, and she just—it's—it's it's pretty awesome. And she has a great character, so having yeah. a book for her is good. A great character that, again, we haven't seen in the movies yet. These are just uh, not necessarily expanded universe, but from these other things like the shows and the books that we'd love to see make our way in. So there's a lot of room in the universe. Sure, in the comics themselves, whether you want a Sukatana or Luke's yellow celebration outfit jacket that he wears in A New Hope, you're going to get that, that fan oh, service. Yeah. So get ready for it, folks. <laughs> We mentioned some of these actually um, to lead into the next segment. They became video games, right? Shadows of the Empire. Oh, absolutely. Shadows of the Empire. I think that's the perfect segue here to talk about Star Wars video games. The digital Star Wars universe. Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back. A great movie. Now a great video game. A movie which challenged your imagination. Now a video game where the challenge never ends. You saw Luke Skywalker battle the Imperial Walkers. Now bring the battle home. The Force was with Luke Skywalker. Will it be with you? Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back video game. All right, so we're back. We're talking Star Wars video games. Star Wars have always been tied to the video game scene. Right now we have Battlefront 2, but even back in the day, there was Star Wars arcade games, Super Nintendo games. So let's get it started. Um, does anyone here, what's your favorite Star Wars game? Let's start with our guest, Jacob. Okay, well, I'll just go on based on the f- couple that I've played because I've probably played about five or six in total, like different Star Wars games. But uh, personal favorites have to be the N64 pod racing game. I uh, played a lot, a lot of that as a kid. Uh, and then also Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, both very good games. Um, We're talking Xbox there. Yes. And those are and Bioware I have, games, right? That's the right. company yes. went on to do Mass Effect. And like actually, that. you can mm-hmm. buy those on Steam and play them on Steam. I got them on a, a Steam sale at one point for like $5 each or something. And Ooh, great Pretty deal. cool. And just showing how normy those games have become, Knights of the Old Republic, you can actually buy on Xbox One right now for $10 uh, through the Xbox Store and play the game, oh, really? you know, ported from the original Xbox on the Xbox That's One. That's so important because, you know, for these older games, like there's a really problem with there's a problem with preservation. Like once a, a platform is dead, you can't play those games anymore. Yeah, or true. you got to haul out your Xbox you have, One that's yeah. in the closet. You know, 
Right. So that's awesome. You can play it on Steam and you can get it on the Xbox yeah. One. All right, I'm all for us, remasters of old games, for sure. Yeah. All right, but tell us, what was it about the pod racing game specifically that you loved? I don't know. I mean, it was probably, like, it was one of the few racing games that I actually had for, like, N64 other than, like, Mario Kart. I didn't have, like, a, a need for speed or anything like that. So that was, like, my racing game as a kid for a long time. And I would play with my friends and stuff. And just, uh, the, like, even, like, just the campaign mode is great. And just the aspect of, like, fixing up your your pod racer and stuff just it's really fun game you feel like a little anakin working on your pod yeah. racer did you ever play the um the arcade version with a cockpit uh, where you no, actually got to sit oh, in oh God, that would be awesome cool yeah. absolutely dave and busters we got to find a jacob we got to find a, a dave and busters with the pod oh, racing game for this hell yeah. there's there's one in hollywood we'll have to make a call and see if they have that old uh, excuse me oh, you just got the two handles it's <laughs> so much fun it's oh great. that and see, pod racing is just very nostalgic for me because, like, wh- that's one of my favorite things about Phantom Menace. And I just remember being eleven, seeing that, and be like, "Oh yeah!" And then uh, <laughs> I went, I went with my family to see Phantom Menace, and afterwards we went to Outback Steakhouse. And I remember <laughs> I sat at the bar and I had like a, a root beer. Uh, in a mug, and I just felt like I was in a cantina at Tatooine, and I was like, "Yeah, that's Aww. awesome." So, pod racing holds a special place in my heart, and uh, I also love that you could just turn sideways in the game and like go through small cracks and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it was detailed. Yeah, that game actually launched uh, a series of Star Wars racing games, and Jake Lloyd and uh, the actor who played Sebulba. 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 Sepulveda Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, they actually came back and they were the voice actors in the game. That's pretty awesome. That's cool, yeah. Pod racing does have an appeal because there's something very evocative about having two jet engines strapped to a right. chassis of a car. <laughs> like, that's it. They, the, the design of them really didn't make a lot of sense, but. <laughs> it, like, it feels dangerous. Like, yeah. literally, just these it massive engines with some chains attached the to galaxy. them. Like, that's pretty. It's, that's right. Pod racing's great, and Pod Racing sixty four is awesome. Oh, it's a beaut, Mike. Go ahead and tell us what's your favorite video game. My favorite Star Wars video game is probably the original Star Wars Battlefront two on the PS two. Such a fun game. Oh man, you had the Gal- Galactic Conquest mode. You know, you got to go and just take over each planet. You had the different types of stormtroopers, like shock troopers, jetpack troopers. It was so good. You had a campaign mode, and that's why the EA one kind of killed me. Some of the yeah. best online that's ever been provided. And that was also the first time in that universe where they had the hero option, right? The Battlefront 2, the first one didn't have it, where you could play as Han Solo, Mace Windu, Chewbacca, That's right. Boba Fett. I mean, there were characters from prequels and the original series all in one. Oh, sure. And you're talking literally giant battles, talking 30 people versus 30 people, all playing as Jedi versus Empire. I mean, that was a perfect game. And you could go yeah. from ground to ship and then get off your ship and go around a space station. Like, revolutionary game. Yeah. Play. Yeah, it really That's shows you how bad the new Battlefronts were Ooh, in comparison. The loot crate Yeah, they're fiasco. not as great. You know, they haven't been able to capture that magic. But the second one, the, the EA second one, they're really working on kind yeah. of getting back the, uh, the fans that they lost with all the pay-to-win stuff. Yeah, a big criticism uh, surrounding the EA Battlefronts is, you know, they felt like it was just Battlefield with Star Wars paint thrown on top of it, you know? True. Um, nothing really felt Star Wars except for the sound effects and the costumes. And the hero play just doesn't feel as organic as it did in the original Battlefront 2. Yeah, it feels really um, unbalanced. Yeah, like playing it, it's just, you kind of feel like it's the same mechanics as a blaster, but you're swinging a lightsaber. It doesn't right. make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I know they tried to fix a lot of the issues in the second one, but for me as a customer, they kind of 
like pissed me off because like I I bought the first one for sixty dollars and then it was a huge letdown. The campaign was like non-existent. It, there actually wasn't a campaign. There was like a couple training levels and stuff. And then the second one, they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be so much better." But it's like I'm not gonna buy your game because I was so jaded from the first one. Sixty dollars for a beta test. Yeah. Ooh. The first one didn't even include a real campaign right. mode, like yeah. you said. At all. The second one actually has a story mode that kind of bridges the gap between uh, the Battle of Endor okay. and uh, the formation yeah, of the Yeah, that's what resistance. I wanted in the first one. Yes, yeah, so you actually you see Han Solo with a beard hanging out on Maz Katana's castle. Oh, wow. You oh, see wow. Lando going out on missions for the Rebellion. So it does kind of give you a little more... Uh, mythos in terms of like the heroes that you'd want to see leia on the ground leading missions as a general before we see her in the force awakens as general organa well i can jump in on my favorite video games here just real quick Uh, i I love the ones growing up especially for the super nintendo like you mentioned and the game boy as well the super versions super star wars some of the hardest video games i've ever played in my life super hard that first the first vehicle level where you have to just drive the land speeder there's like so holes in the absolutely. ground. I have had all. friends over to this day playing emulators, asking them after a couple <laughs> drinks, "Can you do this?" And they Can cannot. You get through the first level, <laughs> impossible. But I would say my favorite Star Wars game, uh, and we've talked about what I love about this so far: some different genres, uh, some different platforms as well. Both of you guys have mentioned my favorite really breaks that ground. We're talking Republic Commandos. Oh Ooh. wow, yeah, kind of like the Halo of Star the Wars. The first Star Wars shooter essentially, I would say in my mind, especially multiplayer. Yeah, I never played Republic Commandos. Can you tell me about the mechanics? How's it work? I loved it. You took on the roles of some clone troopers following uh, Attack of the Clone and going on the seediest missions possible. I mean, talking, taking down rogue Wookiees, killing battle droids, uh, and it's a huge multiplayer split-screen format. You know, the classic games you don't get anymore where everybody's sitting down on the couch playing four-screen. Everybody's got a different role where they're taking on either the medic or the heavy trooper. It just offered so much uh, interactive gameplay that you just don't see these days. That couch co-op was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's a damn shame that that's really fallen by the wayside. Yeah, that's because the internet. Joe, do you have a favorite Star Wars game? I do. It's it's kind of a tie, which I know is cheating. Uh, But the first game I got on the N64 uh, was Shadows of the Empire. Oh, classic. The the bundle we got, it had Mortal Kombat, Mario 64 and Shadows of the Empire. Wow. So Shadows of the Empire was great as a fan of Star Wars because again it's it's in the universe and you get to experience things like the bottom, the Battle of Hoth, but you're doing it as this character Dash Rendar who's kind of like a Han Solo-esque um smuggler and he's got an awesome ship called the Outrider and his own kind of like droid version of Chewbacca. So it really feels like you're not necessarily taking over as a character, you know, but you're almost building your own world with Dash as your hero. I love that one. I remember it being a little basic on the storytelling format, just kind of pictures and text coming up on the screen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of the early N64 games. I mean, the cutscenes are literally just a, a painting and some text Ugh. you would read, but I would have my brother read to me because I couldn't read it fast enough before the screen would disappear. Oh, that's great. Oh, well. And then my other one has to be, uh, there's a series called Dark Forces, which follows the adventures of Kyle Katarn, who is basically a character that if you put Luke Skywalker and Han Solo in a meat grinder, you would come out with Kyle Katarn. He was a, a smuggler, bad boy, who also was close with the Force, and whose father died and gave him a lightsaber. 
So you were kind of the the ultimate action hero in the Star Wars universe. Uh, the third installment, Jedi Academy. I don't know if anyone else had played this one. It had a a PvP lightsaber battle. That's now, what right. Are you, were now, you what in, are you playing that on? Is that the computer? This was a computer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I do believe it's still available in the Steam store. So I think I might actually get that one. And, and yeah, there's a lot it. of uh, old Star Wars games that you can get pretty cheap on Steam. Ooh. But this was the first time you had uh, the ability to pick your own force powers. Like you could be a good guy, but still use lightning. You could have jump. You could have heal. Uh, you could design your own lightsaber. You could have two lightsabers. You right. could have a double-sided lightsaber. There was a lot of opportunity to build out your own Jedi hero. I think that's what everyone always wanted from when you were a kid. Like, if I was a Jedi, what would I do? You know? Oh, you're seeing yeah. that carried over Knights of the Old Republic yeah, for sure. True. Jedi Outcast, 100%. And Yeah, Jedi Outcast is in the, the same series. You're following the same oh, character. Oh, wow. That's great. I remember playing Jedi Academy 2, and I picked the uh, the Plukun. What's their, what's their species called? The, oh, no. Yes, sure. yeah, I got the, stumped. Yeah, but those guys had a yellow lightsaber because I liked Plukun. He just he had a striking silhouette, you know. Um, but um, you had me check out some of the Dark Forces cutscenes. Actually, they're uh, interesting because it's like these Star Wars content. It's a little low budget, but it's Star Wars. It's kind of cool. Yeah, the interesting thing the the second game, Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight, had live action cutscenes. Yeah. So if you go on YouTube, you can actually watch like a forty five minute long Star Wars movie about this character, Kyle Katarn. Who's, oh wow! Uh, you know. Going through his own adventure, it almost feels like if you were on a ride at Disneyland and there were like actors performing out little bits in between the ride, you know, like some of the performances are not so great, but some are pretty good. It's definitely worth watching if you're a Star Wars fan. Now, are we talking uh, OG trilogy or are we talking Christmas special? Ooh, we're talking Christmas special. It's not quite uh, OG level. And some of the performances are like laughably bad, but other ones, I mean, if you just... Let yourself get into it. You'll definitely have fun. Yeah. Well, that makes Kyle Katar a little bit more of a character for me than Dash Rendar for sure, just because he's been portrayed. Oh, yeah. There's an actual face to put to the name. Yeah, and he has kind of his roguish charm. Like, exactly like Joe said, it's Han Solo and Luke Skywalker put together. Um, did anyone play those early PC Star Wars games where you could do like the uh, speeder chase through the Force of Endor? You could do the escape... Um, from the Death Star, and you oh, know, you'd no. have a joystick. It, it was, was point of view games. I do remember something yeah. like that. I don't you'd be like that shooting. See, I remember the uh, arcade game. That yeah, was I played an arcade trench there might have been a... from A New Hope. I think uh, it was like an arcade where you're like in a Tie Fighter or something. Well, Mike... not a Tie Fighter, but uh, X Wing. X Wing, yeah. yeah. Like Mike said, I remember those specific levels. So I think it might have just been a port from the PC the, game, or the port from the arcade to the PC. Uh, yeah, one of the and same. like yeah, because there was like the hallway shooter where you're storming the base on Endor. And the stormtroopers oh, are popping sure. out. I can't remember what they were called, but my uncle had those, and I played a shitload of that speed racer level. It's, it's tough because you're going fast. Um, oh, you think that? I was, I was always down for Hoth. I mean, there was nothing better than getting a snow speeder. Hey, oh yeah, speaking trying of to snow wrap speeders, that tow cable. Oh yeah, what's that's been my favorite Star Wars vehicle since snow since I ever saw Empire. So what's really quick? What's your favorite vehicle? I'll go obscure. I'll go quick. I'll do what's called a staff. That is what the droids use I in uh, Phantom uh, Phantom Menace. It's the little floating brown thing that they fly around on. I just loved how oh, personal it's it was. It's like a Segway that That's flies. That's exactly yeah, right. It's, it's like a, a Segway that flies. An upright speeder bike. 
Yeah. Which I'd have to say the speeder bike is without it. Those doubt. are rad as hell. I'm mean, talking Return of the, the Jedi. Motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say those two on it. Dash Rendar drives one as well oh, in yeah. the Shadows of the Empire game. Uh-huh. And Rey in the the sequel trilogy, she has her own that we see in Force Awakens. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, that's a, cool a bike. really dope desert one. Yeah. yeah. Jacob? Uh, I also really like the speeder bikes, uh, specifically the ones on Endor yeah. are really cool. I always thought uh, those were the coolest stormtroopers, too. Yeah. Yeah. Scout troopers. Yeah. The scout troopers are red. Um, and then I also, uh, I, of course, the Millennium Falcon. And then what was Dash Rendar's ship called? The, the Outrider. Outrider. One of that's my favorite really cool spaceships. Ship, yeah. for that's sure. funny that no one said Millennium Falcon. For yeah, that's a bummer. It seemed too obvious. I can't be, you know, saying right. Han every time. But it's like, that's like a brand name. It's like Slave yeah. One or like the Death the Star. Slave like, that's one. technically Slave a one. ship, but like, right. I'm, you know, a general, like, you know, infantry vehicle, like a speeder or a, a snow speeder, like that, you know. I'd be intimidated to try to drive like a Millennium Falcon or an Outrider. Speeder bike. I could do that. Yeah, I, I had I a moped when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? I would be an X-Wing pilot. Ooh. <laughs> I like the TIE Interceptor a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I also like Darth Vader's bomber. Darth, Darth Vader's, Vader's TIE. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of TIE fighters. Out there? Oh, A-Wings are good. <laughs> A-Wings are great. Is A-Wings that... are, I prefer to X-Wings. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that, that's the one they have in the... Um, Prequels, right? I believe it ends up being A-wings. called a Jedi Starfighter for the video game Jedi Starfighter. Yeah, Jedi Starfighter, oh, which was a spinoff of uh, Rogue Squadron, which was the first kind of uh, dogfighting Squ- game right. you saw. Ooh. That's actually, yeah, Rogue Squadron's a really good Star Wars game, Steve Cut. Um, have you guys been to Dave and Buster's recently and seen I that have. big Star Wars pod? No, it's not. been a minute. Tell me yeah. about that. It's a giant pod that's fully enclosed, so you hop in it, and like you close the door. It's like a 180-degree screen arcing around you, so your whole field of vision is the game, and you're in a cockpit, and you play through these key battles in the universe. So you're playing, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the attack on the Death Star, you're playing, um, even on, from Force Awakens, the Starkiller base, the sweep right. on that. So you play all these iconic, iconic space battle moments, and like you're in the Millennium Falcon and everything, or an X-Wing. It's super fun, and you're in the cockpit. It's so immersive. It's like... Yeah, I did see that. You know, I didn't play it, but uh, it does look fun. We need to find you the pod racer and that. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars has transcended film genres, comic genres. So it makes sense that that the video games would also cover everything from MMOs to RPGs to arcade games to dogfighting space battles. Yeah, it's really anyone's game. If there's If there's a game you like, there's probably a Star Wars version of it out there. That's 100% true. Every genre has been scaled. Yeah, you really got to give them credit. One thing I do, speaking of different genres, I really wish we would have gotten 1313. That's super uh, so gritty. talking a little bit about the, the canceled Star Wars video games yeah. of the past, the 1313. That, to me, is my white whale. Like that, Ooh. I really wish we would have got that. A dark stormtrooper, seedy underbelly of the city, like almost a cop detective story, right? Like, oh, that sounds cool. I don't know too much about that. 1313, yeah, it was like this... You were like a stormtrooper type character, like working for the government, and you're just hunting down like criminals and stuff in a Star Wars city. It involved oh, Boba cool. Fett as well, really niched yeah. him out. Yeah, oh, it kind of filled in the gaps or was supposed to fill in the gaps between baby Boba in Attack of the Clones and where we end up with him in the original series, right? Yeah. That's right. Cool. Yep. Maybe we'll get that gritty take someday. But and those were games that were that and uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3. There were a handful of games that were kind of lost when Disney acquired, acquired the company, oh, and LucasArts yeah. ended up kind of 
shelling out the license to companies like e- yeah, EA, yeah. which led yeah. to the battle. A new game. modern take on uh, Knights of the Old Republic would be really cool. God, that would be a dream, truly. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a minute. You know, that was the past of Star Wars video games. Let's talk about the future. What do you guys want? Do oh. you want EA to keep holding this title, first of all? I do not want EA to have the license for Star Wars anymore. Yeah. I get out of the game. There's yeah, Get <laughs> out of the game. There's better developers with better morals and less questionable business practices. Sure, they don't have dollar signs in their eyes. Obviously, right. so does Disney. I mean, who are we kidding, right? Disney but, owns everything. But, you know, I think just the practice of the loot boxes, the pay to win, the way they sold us a $60 beta test, that is irrevocable. And they yeah. should not have the license. Agreed. All right, that was you two. Joe, counterpoint, maybe? Oh, no. no. Uh, <laughs> drop I mean, it. EA, drop it as well. I like the second Battlefront game, but it's not nearly as good as the game that came out a decade before it. No. I just right. like that game because I'm starved for Star Wars games. As a Ooh. casual gamer, a, a game like Batman Arkham, you know, that's that's a character I love, a property I love with good gameplay. I would love to see something like that applied to the Star Wars. Sure, universe. let's see Rocksteady take over. That would be great. Yeah, give me a a, a game almost like one we didn't touch at all. Um, Jedi. What what is the name of that game? The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed. That made me that feel a like a bro- Jedi. Yeah, something oh, really? like that. When I rended from the skies a Tie Fighter and crashed it into another Tie Fighter, I was like. This feels powerful. I want to see an improved version of that type of game. I want to see characters that I know, but don't put me in as a character I know. Just let me interact right. with them. Yeah. All right. Well, I love what you just said, Joe. Let's play a round of Give Me a Game. Everybody tell me what they want out of their Star Wars game. Jacob, let's hit you first. What I would most like to see is a Bethesda-style, big open-world RPG where Ooh. you create your own character in the beginning Depending on what the story is, um, it could be like a, a, a Jedi in training or something like that. And then you just go around and maybe there's like space travel or maybe it takes... I think there would have to be space, space travel too. But uh, just having just having a big open world RPG in the style of like a Fallout or a Skyrim. Epic really in cool. scale. And you're talking not necessarily about Star Wars Galaxies, the big MMO that played online. You're talking more about a singular Single experience. player RPG. Mm. Um, yeah. Like... I think Star Wars definitely needs more like RPG games than they have right now. It's almost like a Mass Effect that's not Mass yeah. Effect. It's just actual. But just Star give Wars. us a lot of choices. Like, yeah. I'm a big fan of open world RPGs. So sure, and really different cool. paths, like you're saying. Yeah, give you a different choice, too. Yeah. For All sure. right. How about Joe? How about give me a game? Oh, like I said, I would love to see something akin to The Force Unleashed. Uh, maybe, like Jacob said, give you a little more opportunity to build out your own character. But a, a third-person action-adventure game set in the Star Wars universe where you get to feel like you're a part of the action without just kind of getting you excited about, like, ooh, you're Han Solo. The gameplay doesn't have to be great. You're excited because you're Han Solo. Right. Mm. I want to play, you know, maybe Dash Rendar, maybe Kyle Katarn, visit some of those characters again. But just the opportunity to experience the universe in a third-person action-adventure game. Yeah. Well, if I can jump in, I think Star Wars needs a proper fighting game. There hasn't been one, Ooh, like true. a really good one. Like even Jedi Academy had that multiplayer, but it's kind of just tapping a button and lightsabers are moving. It doesn't feel like I'm in control of the combat. I think a good Star Wars fighting game is uh, there's space for that. That's one of the genres they haven't played around with too much. Colin, you mentioned uh, 
the a, one fighting game a fighting game earlier off air yeah there was star wars masters of terrace cassie that was a playstation fighting game that i had that was very traditional it really had that uh, you know side by side punch hit knockdown uh roll i see what you're saying mike that's certainly not something that we're focuses on focusing on now but uh something more like a soul caliber a soul caliber that with dark souls dark souls lightsabers what am i doing <laughs> i know now? it's in your head it's in my head anyway yeah that would be great a soul caliber because it's not just lightsabers you know you have different types of force users a blaster character like it'd be, it'd be dope do you guys right. remember when yoda and darth vader came to soul caliber i do yeah, i was just going to mention that oh, i think yeah. that is uh yeah they were it was both of them i thought it was only yoda. different consoles xbox got yoda playstation got darth vader they wow. split it down the middle oh. what a fight in do you guys case- remember what nintendo got Link. Link. That's right. <laughs> oh, at one point, yeah, not as cool. Spawn was in Soul Calibur That's at one right. point oh, as well. Xbox, For baby. Xbox. Yeah, I like the guy with the blade fingers or whatever. There was also Boy. Darth Maul in Tony Hawk. Darth Maul oh, was in that's Tony true. Hawk. Along oh, yeah. with, uh, I think Wolverine was the other. I'm, Spider-Man. I'm, oh, and Spider-Man. I'm changing right. my answer. The best Star Wars game is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the best Darth Maul play we ever got. It's better than EA's version. Colin, what kind of game would you like to see? Give me a game that really plays into the trailer for Battlefront 3 that we saw a million years ago. I I don't know if you guys saw this. It's the one where it takes off from the ground. The starship literally goes out of the atmosphere, off the planet of Naboo, up into a Star Destroyer. Kind of like what we got in Battlefront 2, but just so much more sophisticated. I want to be... You know, doing that mass battle, that that multiplayer shootout, but I I really want to feel the rest of the Star Wars world. Yeah, I mean, there's enough meat on the bone that every genre could have a Star Wars game. Exactly. You know? There's oh, yeah, plenty sure. to go around. Mm-hmm. There's even a... I have not had a chance to play it yet because it's a VR game. And unfortunately, oh, I'm not really equipped for a VR game. Uh, the Jedi Challenges, which Ooh. gives you an opportunity to get a lightsaber in hand, which I am dying to try out. See, now, is oh, that yeah. the future? VR gaming? I mean, it's they, more gimmick than anything, I think. But it is. It, I don't think it's ever going to take over gaming altogether. But I agree. But if I could have a lightsaber in my hand, yeah, or web swing yeah, around New York City, I'm sold. Cool, but it's You'll probably not a game that you would play for a long time. Or, or maybe it is. No, probably <laughs> ten minutes of lightsaber swinging. Yeah. Also, you can't play an any Wii. VR games for too long, or you'll get dizzy so maybe you yeah i think that's a vertigo i do feel like yeah a lot of these games are not fully developed you have to stand in one spot like they don't they're not full games they're more like experiences they're yeah. glorified tech demos at until best. you have motion it's really kind of useless you got to get one of those vr treadmills that, yeah you know, oh yeah like a 360 treadmill the barrier to entry a rich man's game yeah right barrier now. to entry is too high it's not the future yeah. yet until it's until it's for everybody to afford vr will not be the future well, there's not too many rumors about the future of Star Wars video games. We've got some more DLC coming up for Battlefront 2 that we'll keep you guys posted on, but that's pretty much it as far as the video game world of Star Wars goes. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more in the future, but it does look kind of grim right now. Just don't buy any of those loot boxes, okay? Ooh, stay strong. So we have covered Star Wars from the movies to the comics to the video games, and we have barely scratched the surface of what Star Wars has to offer. 
uh, as a franchise, this is truly one of the biggest of all time. You know, an American pastime, I would say, is Star Wars, a global phenomenon even. Absolutely, guys. You know, this is our Phantom Normies episode. You'll you'll definitely get us striking back uh, or the return of the Normies for sure. Uh, all of them. <laughs> definitely down the line. Uh, but the thing we definitely want to touch on is, like you were just saying, Star Wars is so spread out over so many genres, so many different merchandise, materials, things like that, that truly proves why it is so normy. Absolutely. As a kid, I remember collecting the Kenner figures uh, in between the prequels and the originals, getting characters that just appeared in one shot in the background of Jabba's palace and being the end-all, be-all in terms of collecting. And that wasn't just me. That was kids on the playground as well who were more into uh, other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I brought today my lightsaber that I made on a bench lathe. You know, um, when I was 16 years old, I learned Photoshop because I saw that you could make lightsabers in Photoshop, and I learned video editing because I wanted to rotoscope my own lightsaber battle. Wow. When I was a kid, me and my brother, we used to uh, put electrical tape around wiffle ball bats, and that's what we would use as our lightsabers because they would actually, you could hit with them. Same, and you're growing up and you're watching things like That 70s Show or Muppet Babies or, you know, any truly TV show that would parody Star Wars. I mean, you're getting it from such a young age. Everybody knew it. Yeah. And But I would really argue that since the original series, like, Star Wars has never not been normy. Like, when A New Hope came out, it was, like, one of the best-selling movies of all time. Wow. So, if I could... I would say I definitely agree with you, but I would say that Star Wars made sci-fi normie. No longer was it nerdy to be interested in star battles and spaceships and things like that because you could talk to anyone on the playground about the Star Wars adventures. True, but uh, my, pa- my counterpoint to that would be that Star Wars is not like a hard sci-fi as like a, like a Star Trek or like a Battlestar Galactica. It's more of like a space opera. It has like more action and stuff. So it has more normie type elements that people can get behind while not being as niche as something like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, people say Star Wars is space fantasy, not sci-fi. You know, they kind right. of draw that line. But uh, making it normie or not, it definitely pro- proved to the studio system that you could make money also with sci-fi films. Definitely. Because definitely. before that. And people say that it's uh, typically a male way in, but I would argue that uh, females, you know, certainly women had a huge entry point into Princess Leia. I don't know a girl who didn't want to be Princess Leia growing True. up. And moving forward with the Disney acquisition and the new sequels, I think something they're really trying to prove is Star Wars is for everyone. Oh, yeah, incredibly inclusive. There is yeah. a character oh, yeah, I'm for glad, every yeah. person out there, and I am so happy. I mean, Ray is a great role model for young girls. I mean, there's more different uh, races and stuff, and so I just think overall it's much more inclusive than the original series, which had about two black characters. You know, <laughs> truly. When you see the ending shot where it's that kid, just the stable boy in Last Jedi, and he moves the broom with the Force, yeah, which that's great. I grown as an old grumpy man, but it is that message. Like Star Wars is for everyone. Hey, you're just a kid out there. You're special too, and I think that's I think that's a really good message. Yeah, it makes me feel special. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. So. Well, the Jedi were always kind of an elitist organization, you know, and now it's like no, you don't have to be the chosen one. You can just be some kid, and then you have you're force sensitive. Yeah, I think that's great. It really opens it up, and it has be just increasingly become for everyone. Become more accessible, like we said, it's covered in. Every type of media, games, comics, movies, it's all over. All right, guys, that's been our first entry point into Star Wars. Jacob, we really appreciate you being our first guest. Uh, Absolutely, Colin. Thanks for having me. We hope you'll be back next time. Uh, That'll be doing it for us here. Colin. 
Joe. Mike. And Jacob. Appreciate you listening, guys. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe to Normies Like Us. Also, you can check out the Twitter on uh, Normies Like Us on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. All right, that's a wrap, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. That's podcasting. May the force be with you. And also with you. Conversation anyway.